This is an RNZ podcast. In associated, if not quite related news, it was made public that the parent company of Burger King in New Zealand had been placed into receivership. Grant Graham and Brendan Gibson of Quarter Mentha were appointed receivers for the business, which operates 83 stores around the country and employs more than 2,600 people. Burger King restaurants have, of course, been closed as part of the lockdown, and Gibson said this has had a significant impact on the business in New Zealand. That was Murray Kirkness, the editor of the New Zealand Herald, last Tuesday night on a new program at 7pm on its sister radio station, News Talk ZB. This is the News Talk ZB Lockdown Special. News Talk ZB, let's have a quick look at some of your texts. That program has replaced ZB's long-running 7pm weeknight show Sports Talk, which is off the air now because there's not much sport to talk about. And for the same reason, the parent company NZME earlier this month shut down its entire radio network devoted to sport. But there's plenty of news about coronavirus to talk about right now in the new show Lockdown Special, such as the fast food chain Burger King flipping over into receivership in week three of this lockdown. But on Tuesday, there was other bad business news, which was much closer to home for the host, Murray Kirkness. It's been another big day in terms of business and the economy, as we've heard a lot of tonight. NZME, publisher of The Herald and owner of News Talk ZB, was in the headlines this morning with an announcement that 200 jobs are gone through redundancies or by not filling vacant positions. And also that staff on more than $50,000 a year have been asked to take a 12-week 15% pay cut. It's been a gruelling time, but we fight on and we will continue to do so. As a matter of fact, I have to say I've never been prouder to work for this company than during the past few days and weeks. The people here are quite simply magnificent. Now those job cuts are mainly in sport, entertainment, real estate and lifestyle because NZME's outlets are publishing very little of that stuff right now with those businesses effectively suspended at the moment. And plenty of people throughout the media joined Murray Kirkness in expressing their sorrow about 15% of NZME's workforce losing their jobs and most of the rest of them having their pay cut by 15% as well. Confirming those moves on Tuesday, NZME said the government's wage subsidy was helping, but it wouldn't fill the void left by what it estimated to be a 50% drop in ad revenue compared with the same time last year. And NZME also warned it would continue looking for cuts to stay afloat. Now, earlier that day, Finance Minister Grant Robertson appeared before Parliament's Epidemic Response Committee and he talked about the latest bad business news means that I think if that creditor compromise comes through, you will see the the operating arm of Burger King in New Zealand continue to be able to trade. And then as we move... And Grant Robertson went on to bring up the headline-making bad news from NZME using a little medical terminology. Specific thing, but it's an interesting example too, and you mentioned NZME. Uh, We do have to be careful about ascribing the problems of every business to COVID-19. Uh, The media sector is one where the patient had pre-existing conditions and we we do need to recognise that. Um, We are working closely with the media sector on what is needed to continue, as we discussed the last time I was on the call, the plurality of voices in our in our media. But I just think we need to be careful about that. And the same even applies to Burger King, because I think in 2019, uh, they um, had some issues around uh, the business and even put it up for sale, I think, at one point. Now, the media didn't like being described as a sick patient or compared to Burger King, but the comparison was interesting. Burger King has 2,600 employees, more than the number of journalists fully employed around the entire country these days. 
But while Burger King and other fast food joints shut down during Level 4, the media carried on keeping people informed, clearly demonstrating their value as an essential service. And the journalism they produced was much more important to the public good in an emergency than burgers and fries. But while there'll probably be no shortage of fast food after lockdown and beyond for everyone who wants it, there'll be less distinctive journalism and media to choose from. And many of those providing it will actually be doing it for wages that will have fallen close to those paid by fast food chains. Many at MediaWorks took voluntary pay cuts of 15% last week. Among them was journalist Janneke Allen, who said that many of her peers now earn minimum wage or sit only just above it. These are talented people with degrees and years of experience, she said. So next time you hear someone deride our industry or us, please tell them that. On Thursday, New Zealand's biggest employer of journalist staff asked its staff paid more than $50,000 a year to take a voluntary 15% pay cut for the next 12 weeks. The chief executive Sinead Boucher's pay will be cut by 40% and the company's executives will take cuts of 25%. And on the AM show last Thursday, MediaWorks host Duncan Garner also made a plea to a possibly unsympathetic audience. We're in trouble and we need help. Fast. Jobs are being shared, futures are more uncertain now than ever and advertising is dried up. Don't share on our demise, please. Be careful what you wish for. Could the government please um, get on with this rescue package if it's going to happen? Um, the life support machine um, cannot chug away forever. I do hope you have some sympathy. Good morning. The team that has your back and will go into bat with our partner chorus, it's the... A- but Duncan Garner's co-host Mark Richardson wasn't sure they could bank on public sympathy. This is, this is a question. All right, that needs to be answered mm. by a few people here, and particularly the people that pull the purse strings. All mm-hmm. right? I work on the railways, or I'm a bar worker, or I work in a supermarket, or what have you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of doing it. I don't mm. do it tough. I, mm. I pay my wages. Mm. So why the hell should you flashy pants in the media, who I can't stand anyway, mm-hmm. get, get my taxpayers' money? And Mark Richardson's not the only one asking that question. Politicians with the power to bail out the media from the public purse, or not, have been pondering that too, though by now in the full knowledge that the flashy pants media are now on pay and budgets that are not at all that flash. On the AM show, Duncan Garner went on to speak to his former boss Mark Jennings, a long-time head of news at TV3, now the co-editor of the Auckland-based online news service Newsroom, which survives on subscriptions and donations from readers and supporters and sponsorship from various corporate backers and institutions. And Duncan Garner wanted a medical diagnosis from Mark Jennings as well. How would you um, describe our current state, if it's like in hospital terms? Are we in critical care? Are we ICU? What is it? Yeah, it's ICU for sure. Um, I keep hearing the word existential crisis. I'm not sure what that means exactly in this context, but I think it means huge, real here right now. Mark Jennings was one of 12 media bosses from outlets big and small who had a chance the day before that to tell members of the Epidemic Response Committee about their problems and to hopefully influence the shape and scope of that yet-to-be-finalised short-term rescue package. You know, we really are in an existential crisis here because advertising revenues in New Zealand are absolutely in free fall. Um, I estimate the declines since the lockdown to have been between 50 and 75 percent and no medium is exempt from that. That was Gavin Ellis, a former editor-in-chief of the New Zealand Herald. They're speaking as the Epidemic Response Committee's expert witness and he went on to tell the committee members this. Uh, You know, we hear the refrain, government's not in the business of propping up failing enterprises. And, you know, in in normal times, I agree with that. But these aren't normal times. 
and news media are not normal enterprises. So I think there is a special case to be made. They're not too big to, be, to fail, but they certainly are too important to fail, certainly the main ones. For over four hours last Wednesday, the media representatives fielded questions, sometimes alarmingly unfocused ones from MPs, and so did the Minister of Broadcasting and Digital Media, Chris Farfoy, who said that package of measures was imminent but not yet finalised. But other countries have already acted on this. The Australian government, for example, announced a coronavirus relief package across the Tasman on Wednesday. In it, commercial television and radio broadcasters had their spectrum fees waived for about a year and local content quotas suspended for 2020, maybe even longer. And there was also a 50 million Australian dollar fund, the Public Interest News Gathering Programme, known as PING, to support regional journalism after a wave of recent local radio and newspaper closures. In Ireland, the government there is advancing sums of up to 170,000 New Zealand dollars to broadcast public information by radio over the next three months. And last Wednesday, at the committee session here, Broadcasting Minister Chris Farfoy would only hint at some of the short-term measures that the package might include. Meanwhile, media bosses and their employees are holding their breath. At last Wednesday's meeting, they spoke with almost one voice about the lightly taxed and barely regulated global tech titans, Google and Facebook, stripping out the end revenue that's been their livelihood in the past. And they castigated the government for swelling the tech titans' offshore coffers by placing their publicly funded campaigns on the platforms at a cost of millions of dollars a year. Though no one mentioned NZX listed Trade Me, interestingly, which has made a mint down the years, killing off classified ads our media once harvested. But there were sharp differences at the Epidemic Response Committee over the controversial proposed merger of the country's two biggest news publishers, NZME and Stuff. The the Commerce Commission said no to that back in 2018, and so did the courts, twice afterwards. But the two companies still want it. On NZME-owned News Talk ZB last Thursday, the morning host Mike Hosking put the company line across to his listeners like this. So with the benefit of hindsight, we now sit there and go, I wonder... If we relaunch that argument back in front of the Commerce Commission, a few of them might wake up long enough and do the right thing. And whether or not, Patrick asks this question, whether or not it's too late to make that merger happen and provide a bit of surety to the industry. But you want to look that up, time to let NZME and stuff merge, question mark, 10 to 8. Now there, Mike Hosking was referring to an article by Patrick Smelly, the founder of the Business Desk News Service, but in his piece he had actually pointed out that the merger could only be revived if both companies admitted that they would fail without it, something they never did in over two years of pursuing the merger so far. Their arguments about Facebook and Google were not actually part of that picture. Now, Patrick Smelly was also one of the media representatives who spoke at the Epidemic Response Committee last Wednesday, and he told it he didn't think a merger would save either stuff or NZME in the long term. And neither did Mark Jennings on TV3's AM show last Thursday. I think that's easy to say in retrospect because I think a lot of people were against it and worried about the lack of diversification in the media, if you like, lack of plurality. But, of course, now it's pretty obvious that some of those companies can't survive unless they're allowed to merge. Um, So I think, yes, but is it too late? And after that, Mark Jennings went on to tell the AM show hosts something they really didn't want to hear. We probably have too many TV stations. (laughs) We probably have too many radio stations. Um, I think you're cutting out there, Mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've lost them. We've yeah, lost, no, we've lost you, you on that. On too many TV stations. <laughs> <laughs> I've got too many news websites. <laughs> hey, Mark, I'm, I'm, I'm Mark, I was kidding about that. 
Mark Jennings, though, wasn't kidding there, and there was lots of discussion about that at the Epidemic Response Committee this week as well. Now, there's an account of who said what last Wednesday on the Media Watch page of the RNZ website. Just look for the title, Media Make the Case for Emergency Help. And in another piece there, Hayden Donnell looks at the media representatives confronting the fact that advertising income that's long bankrolled the important journalism of private media outfits in the past won't for much longer. That's there for you to read on the RNZ website page for Media Watch and our section of the RNZ app. And you can also hear Hayden talking about that in last Wednesday's edition of Midweek Media Watch, talking to Brian Crump on nights. That's in the Media Watch podcast feed.